welcome to the Hoddlecast here at Heart of the Lakes Church. It's our hot uh, podcast at Hoddle. Oh my goodness, that was, that was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> We're gonna keep we'll it. Take it. We'll, we'll take, take it. We'll take it. <laughs> well, so hey, so we were we were talking about this. We were talking about what what is it? What makes Hoddle Hoddle? I've been thinking about this. What makes Hoddle Hoddle? Like what makes what we do different than what anybody else does? And honestly, um, I want to know. I want to know what your take is. What do you think makes us unique and special? I think the culture of honor is really significant. That's something until like, because I mean, I was going here before you and Kyle even got here. Yeah, I started going here when I was nine, and <clears throat> I'd never seen something personally like that before. Yeah. Like what was brought here, the cu- cu- culture of honor, carry the carry. Mm-hmm. Um, care about what the people you care about care about, yeah. assume the best, release bitterness, restore gently, and you might be right, but is it loving? Yeah. I I would I mean I would agree. I think that's at the heart of of why things are different. I've noticed that our people the people at Heart of Lakes have that are here. Now obviously if you're new and you're coming here and you're still learning the culture of honor and that we're not talking we're not talking about you. This isn't like an indictment. But I have realized that the new people that come are of the people who are here that um do they talk about it all the time it's funny right. I, so i'm i'm one of the track coaches at columbia central and i've hope is hope wilkes who's one of our students is on the track team and she'll jokingly say to me all the time you might be right but is it loving which is why right <laughs> right that's our why and carrie it's so like you might be right but is it loving right like she say that to me all the time at track practice which is funny to me because i'm basically i'm making them do workouts they don't like and so she's like you might be right but is it loving and, and so like that's her she's trying to get out of workouts that's right what she's trying yep. to say so but like no, I mean, I, I hear it all the time. I, I heard it in a meeting I had Sunday with a bunch of people. I heard about the culture of honor. I hear about it when I go and talk to people. And I don't, and, and here's the deal. It's not, it is not just, oh, the pastor's around, so we got to talk about the culture of honor. It's something people talk about all the time. Right. Like, hey, this is the culture of honor, man. Like, assume the best. That one's tough for people, but like, I hear that all the time. Assume the best. You might be right, but is it loving is such a good phrase. And they care about what the people you care about care about. And, but two of them that I think are just as inte- uh, integral to everything are restore gently and release bitterness. That's a huge part oh, yeah. of what we do and why we do it. And honestly, I, I know that people do this because I talk to people about how they are walking through difficult situations with family members or friends or, and, and they always go, you know, yeah, I'm just, right. I just got to release bitterness. I mean, being, forgive and move on. Being in relationship and being friends with people and being and like being in a family, there are conflicts as humans. We just, we, we, we have tension. We have disagreements. We have misunderstandings. We oh, yeah. have all sorts of things that happen. And for us being able to walk through those things in a healthy way, in a way that's God honoring and people honoring yeah. is something that we push. And that's why like, yeah. like, I agree, like restore gently and release bitterness. Those are both important because you know what? We're humans and we screw things up and we need to be able to forgive each other and oh, love yeah. each other through all that. Yeah, and I think, I think too, I think the mark of a good follower, of somebody who loves the Lord and is not just saved but actually loves the Lord, has committed their life to Jesus. Like I think the mark of somebody like that is somebody who forgives well right, and shows grace easily. Right. Right. Grace is the hardest thing to give and the easiest thing to get. 
Right. Right? Like, when you mess up, you want grace. Let's be honest. Like, everybody really kind of wants grace. Right. And people I'm out there might be like, no, I want I want, I want, to know, I want to feel bad because I did it. Well, like, that's that's just, like, self-martyrdom. That's not actually a thing. Like, so it, it really is, like, grace feels nice when you get it. Right. Oh, man, I don't have to pay the penalty for this. Like, when, you speed, when you're speeding and you get pulled over and you know for sure you were speeding and you don't get that ticket, there is... There's like no better feeling, right? Than like, oh my gosh, I got off with a warning. Like, right. I didn't deserve it, but I got it. Oh my gosh, my day is made. Like, I could, it could have been so much worse, right? And so, I think that those restore gently release bitterness are these two that are tucked away in there that have so much, so much power and weight within what we do as the culture of honor, right? And and so I love it. So yeah, I would agree. And, culture of honor. And those one, those ones are tough too, because like when you're when you're angry, like and when you're frustrated and are dealing with tension in your relationship, you're you're you get stu- it's easy to get stuck in your own head and get frustrated and get caught up in that. And so it's got to be like an intentional. That's why we have the culture of honor. We repeat it so much, mm-hmm. is because we're training ourselves and training other people, training other followers and the people that come here to live that stuff out. Because yeah. again, we're building a culture. We want to oh, build yeah. a culture that people love each other, appreciate each other. Like, again, we all boil it down to love God, love people. Yeah. And the the carry is the way we do that. That's the way we live it out. That's the way we build a culture that the first thought is, how can I love God and how can I love people through wherever I'm at? Whatever tension's happening, like, whatever relationship, because, like, the care about what the people you care about care about, like, that's just a general, like, if somebody like is like you love the Browns. So I'm going to root for the Browns whenever they're on football. That's just yeah. for me. Like I, so like, I get excited when I see the Browns playing cause it's important to you. Yeah. Um, you might be right. Is it loving? Like that's an easy, like right in the middle of like, if like you got to love people, it's an easy one to throw yeah. out, but for it, it's very convicting to do the, the two R's like, yeah. Oh yeah. At least bitterness and restore gently. That's, that's a conviction based one where yeah. it's like ref- self-reflection really. Yeah. There's, there, I love this cause there's this great book by Andy Crouch. It's called culture making and the subtitles recovering our creative calling. And there's this passage in this book that he talks about. Um, basically you, you can't, um, you can't change culture. You can't like, you can't change a culture. You can do one of two things. You can either join that culture or, or you can create a new culture. You can't change it. Right. And it's semantics a little bit because it's changing the culture. But the truth is, by creating a new culture, you're giving people the choice to embrace the old culture or the new. Right. And so the idea is, with the culture of honor, it is, do you want to embrace the old way of doing things? It's the whole Dr. Phil thing. Like, how's that working for you? Right? Like, do you want <laughs> right. do you want to embrace the old way of doing things? Or do you want to realize that there's a new, better thing that you could be a part of, right? And the culture of honor, I think, is just that. It's like you when 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 Pastor Kyle came here, and I think it was 2015 or 2016, one of the two. Yeah. Um, and he established the culture of honor. It was, and and he's he's been pretty pretty vocal about this. I wasn't here at the time, so I can't speak to too much of the details. But it's it was a pretty toxic culture, and the people that yeah. were there would would have agreed and agree that that was a pretty toxic culture. And so there was one of two things: either Either Kyle could have come in and just embraced the culture and just been, yeah, I'm going to be part of this culture. Or he realized he had to create his own culture and and make people make a decision. Do you want to be part of the old culture or the new culture? Right. Because the new culture is we're moving forward. We're going to love people. We're going to treat them great. This is the way it's going to go. Or the old culture where we're going to own everything and it's going to be our way or the highway and we want to do things and in, in however we want to do them regardless of the consequences or who's involved or what. And like – to me, to me as as an observer, I, I 
Kyle and I have been friends for a long time. Well, like, uh, and, um, and when we were talking through some of the stuff and he pitched the culture of honor, I'm like, it's genius. It's actually genius. And it's right. a perfect way to establish and illuminate what people need to strive for while also giving them very clear guidelines. Like this is, it may seem like it's like complicated. It's really not. It's, it's five phrases. Right. And if you memorize them and commit them to your life, then you, you ultimately are on a path to honoring and serving the Lord better. You really are. And that's just, that's the new culture. So that, that whole idea in that culture making book was, is like, you're not, you, you have two options, embrace culture or create a new culture. There is no, there is no changing the shift of a culture. It's like trying to, it's like trying to divert a river. It's nearly impossible. Right. Right. Like, that that stream that flow is going to go you can you can make you know you can cut off and jar and make different substreams but that culture is going to exist and and you have to have give people the option do you want to be part of the new thing or the old thing and and basically it puts them in a position where they have to they have to they have to they have to consciously right evaluate what culture they want to be a part of right, right? and I, I i know i i i think it's cool cuz like for us our mission is bigger than us right and like we're not just trying to reach people on Sunday. We're trying to make it like when you're doing life, your thought is, how can I love God, love people? Yeah. Like I love, love God, love people. I do. Cause I mean, it's biblical. It's what Jesus said were the two most important commandments. Yeah. And so like making it so it's not just everybody come together on Sunday and then do whatever the rest of the week. And then I guess if you want to like, Oh, that's me. <laughs> Oops. Uh, <laughs> It's not just, oh, yeah, everybody come here Sunday and then just do whatever you want for the rest of the week, which is, like, another culture that I felt, I feel like it was is in what wasn't yeah. isn't a common thing is, like, what people do is they'll just go, oh, let me get my Jesus for the week. It's like, no, 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 that's not the culture we want here. We want a culture that loves yeah. people and loves God and does things about that throughout their week. Yeah. Here's the best thing, I think. Like, we don't actually, we have some historical evidence and some historical information regarding how frequently the first church met, mm-hmm. well, we really don't know. Right. And from the sounds of it, from context clues, it's probably a lot more than once a week. Right. I mean, that's that's the reality. Like, you don't meet together, sell all your possessions, and give the proceeds to the poor, have everything in common, make sure that everybody in your community has ha, is taken care of. Like, that's hardcore doing life together. You don't do all that stuff that <laughs> exists in Acts 2 and Acts 4. You do all that stuff, and you're like, all right, see you next week. Yeah, like yeah. It's- <laughs> yeah it's, it, that is a day-to-day faith right? where they worship together and they came together. And I, like to, So to me, it's like, We've packaged things in such a way as the American church mm-hmm. that your Jesus exists on Sunday and Monday through Saturday, like it's just kind of a free for all. Right. Right. And it's, and it is somewhat the fault of us as a church that we've packaged it that way. But it's also because of the, the design of how we hit people, what, what they want to relegate church to. It's just a Sunday thing. And I have this, I have this shirt. There's this company called art of homage and it's got, there's a shirt I bought from them. I love this. It says Jesus Jesus isn't just a weekend thing. Right. Right. Like you don't just get your Jesus in, in the weekend and then go throughout there. Like, I love this phrase. I think Tim, I think Tim Keller said this, but I think it 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 goes along the lines of like what you do to worship on Monday through Saturday is so much more vital than what you do on Sundays. Right. Like your life should be a life, have a lifestyle of worship. Like in, and for us as followers of Christ, as people who love the Lord, we're supposed to be pursuing that. We're not supposed to be in the place where we go, 
you know what? Like, oh yeah, I got my Jesus in on Sunday and I'm good. Like, I'm so good. Let's go out to lunch afterwards and we're going to forget everything the pastor talked about. And then, you know, this, this weekend it was right. just good. Like, and I, I think an intentional thing too, that we've done here and that like, I mean, I've served since I was like 11 years old. So I've always tried to plug in and do something, but I think the idea of you're not trying to like be filled on Sunday, you're not trying to, oh, I want to feel better, so I'm going to go to church. For us, it's like, that's what you do during the week. You're doing Bible studies. You're taking your own time to study God's word, pray. And then when we come together on Sunday and do, like, even other stuff, but, like, we're serving. Like, for us, when it's not like. a shift for you in your life? Um, I mean, Honestly, once we had the culture of honor, once we, like, had the vision, like, and it was like, no, this is bigger than just coming here. I do, I do feel like it's almost like a light switch. It's like a click. Oh, for yeah. It's like, I've come to church, I've come to church, I've come to church. Until you realize that you have to be an active, engaged part of it, you just kind of keep doing the same thing. Like, And then when you start to realize, that, oh, man, I'm going to church to be a blessing, not to be blessed. It, I think that's when it changes. But it's, yeah. it is a personal thing. Like, I can't choose that for somebody. I can... I can write the most compelling sermon and lead the most compelling worship or lead the best life groups ever or the best Bible studies. And at the end of the day, it does not matter how good those are. If they don't, if, if you as an individual don't make that individual choice that you're going to say, this is what I'm doing. I'm not going to, I'm not just going to be a consumer Christian anymore. I'm going to actually be part. I'm going to be invested. Yeah. Right. I think it was when we needed music for youth group. Cause at the time we were just playing like YouTube videos for worship, which like it was okay. But I was like, we should do something like actually, cause I can play music. Yeah. And I was like, we need to do something. And yeah. like, I was like, that was shortly after Kyle got here. It was actually before you got here. I started yeah. playing guitar. And like whatever instrument I could, because I had piano as well. Yeah, and there are so many people. I, I, this is what I think. I, there are so many people here who do that. Like, we don't like. We are a church of. We're a church of you know a lot of people, but the truth is, there are so many people here who have decided that they're going to invest, like they're going to take a piece of what we're doing and they're going to just own it. Right. Like, and, and there's so many examples. I mean, you talk about, you know, we have Linda Hudspeth, who's our, you know, base car producer on Sunday morning. She's just taken everything on Sunday mornings from top to bottom. She's like, I want to own it. I want to make the best possible. And just been like, I'm here to serve. It's like the, right. it's like the Isaiah thing. Like, here I am, Lord, send me, you know, it's the idea. Yeah. Like I'm here, send me. Right. And like the other side of it is like, um, you know, look at look at all the people who have invested. I know, I know people like the grounds crew. How many like Tom Hardy who's just taken it and like I'm going to do this and it's my job and my responsibility and like just takes it. And it's right. like I feel so strongly about helping out the church, however I can do and what I have gifts in, and I'm just going to do it. Like there are so many people that go unnoticed that just take it and go, I want to be a blessing to the church. It's not about my preferences. It's not about what I want. It's not about me getting my way. It's about me plugging in. And they are they are, re they are reaping the benefits in their spiritual life of plugging in and serving and rather than just coming and trying to be fed, right? Right. Because I think what happens is when you show up for a buffet, you just end up getting fat. Right. And we have to be nimble, right? As followers of Christ, we have to be nimble, we have to be fat in different ways, faithful, available, and teachable. Right. Not fat in the idea that we're just bloated with scripture and no activity. Right? Right. Because then you get then you get like pretend like pretentious yeah. Christians who like know it all but don't live it out. Oh my gosh, yeah. Or have super, super good theology. Quote unquote know it all. <laughs> I love this. If the theology you have doesn't drive you to love sinners like you more, then it's bad theology. And I, I love that because 
how many people do you, we know this, I know so, I've dozens and dozens of people personally who have this very deep, very rich theology. They know tons. They've read so many books. And, and they know the history of every, yeah. they've watched and studied. And, and they have like not research. discipled a single person for decades. Right. That's sad. I mean, that's just, that's sad to me. You've missed the whole point. If you have all this theology and you think that's what you're supposed to do, like I, I, I I'm, I'm not sitting up here telling you that I don't think you should have a deep, rich understanding of Scripture, or no, that you shouldn't know hermeneutics, or you shouldn't invest in that's studying. All, it theology. is important. Those but. are all very important. But if those things are also not having a direct correlated response in your faith in your walk of life, that you love people more and you are trying actively to pursue discipling other people then you have definitely missed it. I will stand I will put my whole entire career on the I mean, line to say there, that. there's three pieces to like living out our faith, right? Like I you've told me this, like hand the hands, the heart and the head, right? So each each piece is like important for our faith in like serving the mission, serving the ministry, right? Mm-hmm. So like the head is like the knowledge. So like learning about Jesus, reading your Bible, understanding like all that stuff is good. But if your hands aren't out serving and loving people and reaching people and your heart's not like, man, I'm a sinner too. Like, so I'm going to love these sinners because Christ loves me enough to die for me. Like, if you've got the head but no heart and hands, like, yep. you're, you're not doing it all. Yep. If you got, like, just like you should, you should be learning and growing because sometimes <laughs> somebody might have a question. You'll be like, hey, I've studied that and I understand, like, I know, I've, like, understand what you're feeling, what you're going through. Yeah, like, and I have I'm, a better understanding of that because I've actually studied that, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I yeah, I think it's it's and one of those things. It's like that should lead you to better, deeper relationships right. with other followers of Christ, not ostracizing people because they don't see things from your perspective because you've studied and studied and studied and they haven't. Right. Like, and, uh, yeah. And it like, makes me it makes me think of another thing because you you told me your dad told you this big T full of wisdom. He yep, said, "Um, right. if you if you read your Bible and don't walk away humbled, you didn't read it, right? Yeah, Something I mean, along I those lines. That. Like, I, I just he he probably, he probably doesn't even remember he said it. This is I, <laughs> I'll be like, I, I'll, tell, I'll tell my dad like, hey, you remember you said this thing, right? He's like, no, nah, I don't remember that. Like, and it's just these moments like where they bleed through, where there's this wisdom. I think that's a great example. My dad loves the people, Lord. People who have great my dad character studies people, the Bible. People who have great character ooze wisdom. Yeah, don't even and, realize it. Like you like, get him. He studies the Bible, but the whole point for him." is to be a better dad, mm-hmm. a better grandfather, a better husband, and a better a better man. Right. That's the whole point. Like, he wants to become the best to live a life for possible Christ. follower of Christ and be in right. service to the kingdom. And it's not like, uh, look at how smart I am. Like, and he's big, not he's perfect. Not, he, no. I'll tell you that. He's not perfect. Yeah. He was, I mean, he, he grew up blue collar. I mean, he's, 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 he's like, he's crazy smart, mm-hmm. right? Like, and he's done a ton in his life. But it's like, that's the kind of person, like, when I, my wife and I talk, it's like, my father-in-law and my father, right? So Big T and my father-in-law, my father-in-law, Rich Farr, they're both these incredible godly examples yeah. of what it means to be somebody who loves the Lord, commits to learning scripture, but then actually applies it to their life. And it's like, those are the examples that we are supposed to look for. We're not supposed to look for the person who has this, who's the smartest. We're not supposed to look for the person who knows the most. We're supposed to look for the people who are living in example to Jesus Christ. That's the other commandment, a right. new commandment I give to you. Lo- lo- like, love like I have loved you. That's Jesus said, love like I have loved you. If we're watching people who have this great theology and they don't tip well for their waitresses, I'm sorry. 
they may not be like Jesus, okay? They may know a lot of stuff, but they may not be like Jesus. If you know these people who, who all know all these five-syllable words that have, have to do with <laughs> theology, right? But they treat their kids and their wife like garbage. I'm sorry. They, they, don't, they don't have the relationship with Jesus you think, and they shouldn't right. be your example, right? I would rather learn. I have learned more. I'll just say this. I've learned more from people who have no degree and no education about Jesus than I have learned from some of the best professors. Right. And that's that's crazy when you think about it. Because when you open your heart up to the idea that like everybody has something to teach you about the character of Jesus and you're willing to look for it instead of being a critic and a cynic, it just changes the way that you view the body of Christ because everybody is part of the body of Christ and we all can learn something. Oh yeah. And like I think like discipleship and f- finding a mentor is like a lost art nowadays. Yeah, oh yeah. Like I know, like I've embraced it because I'm I'm a young idiot. <laughs> like I made I, there are so many stupid mistakes that I would have made if it wasn't for you and Kyle. And I think a lot of people like j- just all over the board, like having somebody that is your wise counsel, is your mentor, is somebody that's helping you love God and love people better every day. And when you screw up, looks at you and be like, wow, you dork, let's fix it. <laughs> like, like you've done that with me so many times and being able to have that, like, cause again, we don't know it all. You don't know it all. I don't know it all. We all need like to be able to like find somebody that knows a little more than us. Cause nobody knows it all. Yeah. But there's always somebody that can teach you something. Yeah. Somebody that you can grow from, learn from. Like I like I like the old guys at our church. I like having conversations with them because I'm always willing to learn. Like Pete Kent, he's yep. he's out at our Jackson campus. He's Absolutely. I love Pete. And so like sometimes I'll just try to grab him and ask him questions because like he like he knows about the property, he knows about the building, or just in general. Like I like to spend time with like people that are willing to do that and teach me because like that's an opportunity. Like and it's a lost art. It is yeah, really. I do agree with what you said. I think finding a finding somebody to mentor you. Is a lost art because here's why. Here's why I think so. Okay, because it's not easy. It's <laughs> no, not. I drive like, you up a wall. <laughs> well, no, it's not just that. No, it's not even that. It's that. It's more about. It's not easy to have a mentor. Like right. for you, it's not easy. Let's right. just be honest. Like when I come home and I have to like you and I sit down across the dinner table and I have to say hard things to you mm-hmm. that you have to receive. There's one of two options for people. They can spend their whole life trying to avoid the red pen, right? Like, like you know when you're doing a report and you get it back and say, right. the teacher's marked it up with a red pen. You want to get just mad. just be like, oh, man, like, I don't even – but, like, the truth is that feedback is what you need to be right. become a better writer to make improvements on your paper to, to learn, right? But the problem is so many people view that as a death sentence or like they're being beaten or whelped. Like, or, or it's like an attack on their character when it's not. Yes. It's like somebody who has, who I, I think this, if somebody, if somebody has the heart and the desire to tell you hard things with not coming from a place where they're trying to hurt you, then they are worth having around in your life right. because they are going to tell you the truth when other people may lie to you to, to save your feelings. Right. And the truth is like, I, I love that Kyle did that in my life. I would not be the man that I am today if it weren't for our senior pastor in my life for the past 20, almost 20 years, right. telling me the hard things that nobody else wanted to tell me because everybody else wants to make sure that they don't hurt my feelings. Like, 
sometimes your feelings need to get hurt. Right. You Sometimes you need to hear the hard truth because you're doing something that hurts other people or you're doing something that's selfish or you're doing something that's self-destructive and you don't see it. And those outside perspectives where there, people are sharing the truth with you, they are vital for your survival, your 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 growth, and your ability to thrive. Right. I know. Right? I know. I remember one of the first things you ever mentored me through. I was getting ready to make a stupid decision, and you were telling me all the reasons why it was a bad choice. You logically walked me through it. You rationally, like emotionally, you walked me through all the reasons why. Yeah, don't do that. That's not a good idea. And I did it. <laughs> and we, I went back to, and I was like, man. I did the thing and I shouldn't have, and you're right. And you can say, I told you so all you want. And you're like, no, 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 that's not the point. My point is I want you to be a better man. Mm-hmm. So you messed up. You didn't listen to my advice. Yeah. But let's just figure out what we can do next. Like, let's walk through this. Let's figure out the next steps to this. And that was kind of revolutionary for me. Like having somebody that was like thoroughly invested in my good and wasn't like trying to be like, Oh, well I told you so you shouldn't have made your room. Like, no, no, like, yeah, you screwed up. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you you didn't, (laughs) but let's figure out how we can walk forward after this. And like, that was really awesome for me. Really crazy. And really kind of helped push me in a direction, the direction that I'm going now. Yeah. And like, I think people need that. They need that wise person. That's like going to walk through it and love them. And like, honestly, one of the things that makes us special, I think we've got tons of people at this church that like would be wonderful for people to be mentored by and yeah, walk, walking through and seeking advice for yeah. like a lot of the guy, a lot of the guys here, like I, I look up to a lot of the men here. Like there's a lot of guys here that I would say like, again, nobody's perfect, but that are followers of Christ and are excited and wanting to live the most Christ-like life that they can, loving Christ, loving people, and just doing the thing that honors God. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, in in short, I think I I love the fact that this is what we, we are known for. I I mean, at least from our perspective, I mean, and hey, here's the deal. If if you're listening right now and you're not sure, come and check it out. You're going to, you're going to verify what we're saying. You're going to, you're going to find out that, uh, you're going to find out that we really we really do we do walk our talk which i think is cool but anyways until next time we're so glad you just decided to tune into Hoddlecast. what makes Hoddle different culture of honor and living like jesus i think that's really important so well great till next time peace